Groovaholics. Welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Birthed by a love of music, we're all about culture. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. If you gain value from this podcast, personally share it with a friend and explain your favorite part. Let's get groovy. Groovy.
What's up, Groovaholics? You just heard Clock on the Wall by internationally recognized Stavo out of here in Rochester, New York. I have Dan and Sam of Stavo on the show, two of the four-piece band. It's incredible. Their music's great. I feel humbled to have them on, and I hope that they continue to do big things outside of just the Rochester area. Small disclaimer, we do this live on Facebook. We had serious internet troubles to start the show um, on my end. Cut out for like five minutes, had to reboot the internet. It was Zoom Issues 101 in 2021. Great start, right? But we hung in there. This is real. This is raw. This is one take. Two tiny edits, ultimately to cut out me disappearing for five, ten minutes. And we do this live via Facebook. So if you ever want to go to facebook.com slash Rochester Groovecast, like, follow Rochester Groovecast on Facebook, come to the live recordings. You get to hear it before anyone else. Share this. Share share Stavo stuff. Support them. But we'll talk more about that all later. Uh, right now I say, hey, let's just enjoy the show. Here's me with Dan and Sam of Stavo. Guys, that was awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. We're live, everyone. Welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live local regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York, and the surrounding region. I am here with Dan and Sam from the nationally known Stavo. Is it Stavo or Stavo? Whatever you want it to be, brother. What what would you prefer? It doesn't matter. (laughs) Tomato, tomato, tell us. I, I like Stavo. I like the way that sounds. It, it almost sounds Italian. That feels better. It that feels good. The, the, the proper definition um, of where the name originated from. So, yeah, we'll go with that for sure. I love it. I love it. That was Clock on the Wall. Dude, that was that was a wild one. Um, that's from your new album, right? Yep. And we'll get into the new album. Just to get started, Um introduce you know your each of you introduce your role in the band so people can recognize your face and recognize your voice Gladly. uh my name is sam klotz and i am the bassist and i joined probably six months ago to sort of help help write the album and uh work with this work with this dude <laughs> yeah sam actually um he when we went on tour with pat travers a couple times in a row, last couple of years, um, John couldn't make, I know at least one of the runs, but I want to say you went twice, but I can't remember. But he, um, so Sam filled in actually on drums um, and was, was great. And then uh, when the bass vacancy popped up, uh, we couldn't think of anyone better. So um, we had Sharon give him a buzz and, and here he is. Thankfully, thankfully to us. Yeah. Yeah. We're not letting them leave. So here we are. And oh me, right. <laughs> I don't know if he looks like he froze. So we'll just we'll just riff for a minute. But yeah, yeah. my name's Dan. Uh, um, that's me. What was my nickname in college? So that's where the name came from. If there's a big mystery like that, and uh, uh, I play guitar 
and am the chief marketing officer for Stavo. Yeah, that's definitely like an understatement. Of <laughs> so yeah, I don't know where he went. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, uh, I don't know what happened. There he is. Uh, nope. <laughs> he's coming back and we got lost. We get dumped. Yeah, I think uh, Ben just refreshing the feed. I have no idea. I believe what's going we're on. I believe we're live on the group cast alone. Oh we? Uh, we want to talk about. <laughs> um I what's your favorite song in the record? Uh, my favorite I it, it's probably the last one just be just of all the it starts off, you know, very metal but you know with some pop chord changes and then um, keep going. And then it just goes, you know, takes it a hard right turn into prog territory and and uh, just crazy keyboard lines, crazy guitar lines. And that's uh, I, that's it, just for the all-encompassing nature of it, that's why I think that song's my favorite. I, I honestly have no idea if we're live. If, Yo, yo, what's up, guys? This is where my computer crashed at the start, so sorry about that. Cut out a moment where they just riff and talk about who knows what for 5-10 minutes while I try to figure out what's going on with the world of Zoom. And you can actually listen to that on the Facebook stream if you want to look at that on the Facebook. It's kind of funny. Let's uh, let's get back to the show. <laughs> he said I crashed. Hold on. So We didn't do it, did we? I, there... <laughs> There's no way that we can. Can you guys see me and hear me? Yes, we can. I'm amazed that not only did the stream stay live. We just like, we took it over. It was like in a, in a technical, in a computer way, not in a. I, I, I hear it's, it's funny cause I'm wearing black on purpose cause I'm sweating. Didn't know what was going on. Um, I think my internet as a whole crashed. Oh, good. Pretty darn sure that's the first time it's happened live. I'm very oh, impressed that the stream right. stayed live. I'm excited that it stayed live. I'm going to click record so it's recording on my computer. And I see you guys on the Zoom, so it looks like we're working. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like it was in the, in the test. Yeah. I, think we're, I think we're good. So Stavo or Stavo, you can choose whatever you prefer. That was your, your nickname. Where did that come from? Uh, so I went to SUNY Fredonia, um, which isn't exactly Harvard. And so <laughs> out there, you, if, if you've been, you, you, you know, you get your room assignment, you go into Chautauqua Hall, it was called, and everybody kind of, you know your roommate. I met my roommate um, already. Everyone else you meet, and you say, hey, what's your name? And I said my name, and, and everyone's like, oh, okay, you're, you're now Stavo. Because my last name, you know, no one could no one could do it consistently on a regular basis. Um, to this day, I don't think many of those guys know what my real last name is. But so that's where it came from. And from a marketing perspective, what is great about it is if you Google that, um, we are like the first four things that come up. And we didn't have to pay for that. We didn't have to buy Google ads or AdWords or anything. It's didn't have to come up with a weird band name that would like be the only search result that came up on Google. So, yeah, so that worked out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I like to hear. I mean, as everyone knows, this podcast is called Rochester Groovecast. So believe it or not, 
you type in the word Rochester, it's already got the keyword there. And then you can type in podcasts, you can type in marketing, you can type in management. I already got the word Rochester. So the beauty of a name, right? Everything is marketing, my friend. Everything. And and I'd like to talk more about, you know, the business behind the band in a little bit, but while we're still on the history here. Um, so obviously, you know, Dan, this was your birth child at one point, you know, it's named after your nickname here. Tell us about the process of creating the band. Did you have an influence to start it? Did you create the band? I mean, tell us about the birth of Stava. I'll give you the super, super short version. Okay. I, I worked in corporate and I came home one day and I like literally had a nervous breakdown in my, in my foyer. And, um, the, you know, the kids were already in bed. I was traveling all over the place and I said, you know what? I, I can't do this forever without some kind of release. And I had not played guitar in a while and, and and actually my my freshman year college roommate i was playing with him for a little bit uh in a, like a hippie jam band kind of thing which was pretty cool uh not my style not stavo for sure but it, it was super fun um and actually that that event led to getting into that that band and and fast forward long story short um i called up a couple college buddies a couple fredonia buddies we, we put this thing together, found, found a drummer, found a bass player. Um, and that was the first iteration. Actually, none of, none of those people are in this version now. So, so fast forward, um, it was more like a, a, um, like a pop rock pop band, like Fleetwood Mac kind of thing going on, which, which was fine. <laughs> but then I had like my second meltdown was if I'm going to play music, uh, in front of other human beings, I'm going to do stuff that I love. I am no longer going to do stuff like R&B and the hits and this other stuff that I'll play it because people love it. I was going to do stuff I wanted to do, <laughs> which was Rush, Dream Theater, uh, Megadeth, Liquid Tension Experiment. I said, I'm going to fall on the sword. Hard. I don't care if there's four people in the audience. I'm doing me, and that's going to be that. So. Um, what happened was I started writing more and more stuff like that and other people on the bus at the time weren't really feeling it. So they kind of fell off and we found new people and, 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 you know, John, the drummer was the first one cause he and I are, are monster, monster, monster rush fans. Uh, he and I can just name a tune and we will play as much as we can from memory <laughs> from when we were kids. You know, even though we've never played the tune, we've never played it together, we'll we'll go, well, I knew this much as a kid. I haven't played this song in 25 years, but fuck it, we're going to do it. And, right. And we do it. So that was the key piece. And then uh, and then the other linchpin was uh, we wanted a singer. I was the original singer. Awful, terrible, brutal. And once you step in the prog arena, you got to have a vocalist. So I put out an ad on Craigslist, and I wish she was here to tell the story. But long story short, Sharon was putting her daughter to bed one night, just was like, was looking for an original project set, you know, what the hell. I'll, I'll. And she's singing for Silver Arrow Band, and, and she runs in those networks, just Rammerman and Steli and those guys, and, um, and Zahaya. And, uh, and Sam is the Sam. Um, and at any rate, she just happened to 
say to herself, it's just her telling me this, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to check Craigslist one more time. Just what mm. the hell. And my ad was there and I said, my, you know, like dream theater named all the bands. And I remember her email to this day was like, you know, I, I, I want to be in an Iron Maiden band, my favorite band's dream theater and da, 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 da. Wow. And I sent her some stuff from our first EP, which is nothing like this, this record, but she sang over it. And I remember we were at rehearsal and I go, guys, guys, you've got to hear this. This was like on a Wednesday. And I said, guys, you, you need to listen to this. And the, the best part of this story is John was like, guys, I, I, I can't have a female in the band. There's just no way. You can tell me this story? No, no. I, oh, I, I'm the best. Yeah. John's Long Island. Long Island, like swag, like, well, Long Island John. And he's like, can't have a girl in the band. No way. Heard her for about eight seconds. Was like, I, <laughs> can't, I can't live without this chick. Like, yeah. I, can't, I can't live another day without playing music with this person. And so that's how she entered. And, and uh, that's, that's the short version of, of where we are today. So That's incredible. How, how long ago did she enter the band? And how long have you been, you know, the, the members you currently have today? Well, she went on tour with us when you were there, right? Uh, the last one in the yeah, fall, yeah, yeah, we did Cleveland, and yeah. yeah, yeah, she was she was there for that, and, and that was fall of nineteen. That was fall nineteen. Cool. So maybe, so she joined before. right before that, like probably that summer, maybe. Okay, summer of nineteen. So what's Perfect. That, year and a half. Yeah, that's a year and a half. So you're on a brand new chapter. You've got a new album out. And side note, you mentioned Zahaya. You mentioned Matt Raymerman. Uh, they've both been on this show. So look up Zahaya, guys. Look up Matthew Raymerman of The Green Room. You'll find them on the show as well. Um, shout out the the full you know lineup of your band so we can attribute the full band here. Names, you mean? Yeah, the names and what what they do. We only got two of you guys. I kind of oh, wish wow. I could have everybody, but yeah, John Rowland, Long Island John on drums, on drums, and then uh, Sharon Kaplan, um, who hooked us up with Matt. Is his name Ramerman or Rammerman? I've been calling him Rammerman, Rammer, Rammer, Ramjan. Yeah, but I'm we probably the wrong person to ask. In studio, um, and he was phenomenal. So I don't know how many people are listening to this. But if you're looking to record something, this dude is legit, like the best. End of story. Yeah, it's crazy when when the engineer almost turns into like another member of the band. Like that's like that he fit in with what we were going for creatively so well. He ran with all the ideas that we had, and like the recording process didn't get in the way of the creative process, which is. In my experience, sometimes that happens, and it kills the vibe a little bit. But Matt, Matt ran with everything that we that we that we threw at him. So, yeah, Matt's the best. Yeah, he crushed it. I love to hear it. it. It's it's pivotal when you've got an album that's about to go international. You want it to sound great. Um, this new album just came out. You know, quick thoughts. Well, what are your thoughts on how it came out? Are you satisfied? Absolutely. It not just not just the parts and the composition of the song, but also the mixing and the mastering is is top notch. And and the fan response has been, you know, I think Dan can probably speak more on that than I can, but it's been pretty stellar. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it's what we were supposed to be like a year and a half ago. Mm. We didn't have this material, so, um, it, I don't know how to frame this, but like, as much as we love this album, this is probably the worst album we'll ever write. Right. And it'll be better from here, meaning. So everything, everything's a test. Like you have to grow. And what's interesting about this album is I threw it right to the wolves. So again, if you're a prog music head, uh, I belong to all these Facebook groups and like dream theater is the pinnacle of the prog metal prog rock world, right? These people are so arrogant. So like I know music and you don't, and they will freely offer their opinion and they will praise you or crush you without even bad yeah, thought. and so the first video recorded was actually the song you played in the in the pre-roll and uh and for the most part now some people have crushed it and that that's fine and not in a good way yeah yeah whatever i mean but out of the sixty-three thousand views and and 1000 likes and 200 shares or whatever uh most people are like this is really good and that's how you know um you've got something because when, when you throw something out to a bunch of people who idolize dream theater and they don't say you're, you know, you're amateur hour, that's how I knew we were onto something. And we had the right four people at the right time and we're writing the, the right kind of music. Um, it was, it, it's fascinating because your audience will tell you if you're any good or not. That's the thing. Everybody thinks they're awesome. I, right. I guess. Um, but when you create something, you know, mom always says I'm great, but I want to know what Tibor in Finland says, um, that's seen 16 dream theater and rush shows. I want to know what he thinks. And that's, what's been really cool about this record. It finally gives us a vehicle to, uh, really test to the masses and based on the feedback, um, we know who to market to and, and, uh, you know who our fan is now and and um we're starting to build little bases uh, all across the country so when we when we, we're allowed to go play live again um not only do we know kind of where to go but we know where we're going to actually sell some tickets and in turn sell some albums so it's exciting in that regard for sure yeah it's it's real cool how your best focus group is the market itself um, putting something out there that you find creatively, you know, creatively sound, you love, you're confident in and enjoy. It's influenced by all these other great musicians. The market will tell you how great it is. It's it's amazing when you can reach people. It's one beauty. A lot of terrible things with COVID. Nothing good to say about COVID itself. But one great thing I have to say about technology in a virtual world is you have an opportunity to affect people anywhere in the entire world with your music. And I think it's an incredible thing. I want to tell you guys a short story because I was like a prog rock fan, dream theater fan since like early high school days, which was weird because, you know, it's the early thousands, late thousands era and people listen to 90s and thousands music and prog rock wasn't popular for like a 15 year old walking around school but (laughs) i was that guy (laughs) my brother got me into dream theater right and 
you know, I was always on a website, progarchives.com, sorting by like most highly rated for the year, trying to discover new bands all the time. Incredible list, robust list I won't get into of bands I discovered. But I actually saw Dream Theater and another band I still love to date, Symphony X. Yeah. Darien Lake, they played a festival called G- Gigantour in like 08. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I and, didn't know, but I totally know what you're talking about. There was like Fear Factory, Megadeth. It was a big yep. tour. They did a few yep. of those. But I just want to tell that story because a lot of the musicians that come on, folk musicians, reggae, jam bands, soul, I like everything. But a little known truth is I got my start in loving music through prog rock, crazy oh. guitar solos. And, you know, my story of how I first saw you guys was at like a rinky dinky bug jar show that I think you were opening for someone. I don't know if you'd remember, but yeah, and that was actually, that was John Rowland's first gig, our drummer. Okay. His very first gig was that show. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. You might've said it in a cutout, but do you remember who you played with? The lost stars out of Nashville. Okay. Came up here and and they were doing, they're doing just a club tour. And they saw at the time, you know, we had a decent following. So that's what they, that's what those bands do. So they, they scour the local music scene, like Karen Snyder's love for local bands. And they'll go on there and they'll see who's posting and then they'll go to their pages. And whoever's got like more than 5,000 likes or followers, it's all changed now. But um, whoever's got like an audience, they'll ring them up and say, hey, man, you know, would you mind playing the show with us? And yeah. We did, and it was fun. And great, great, great guys for sure. Actually, I'm still friends with a bass player. Um, he's out of Florida, a Cuban guy, but we still talk all the time on Facebook. But that's how that happened. Yeah, yeah and we do the same when when we go and when we go to Cleveland and and Illinois and wherever. You know, it, it, I, I I typically look look up tribute bands like mm. Rush bands or whatever say hey we'll do split a door deal blah 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 blah. take care of the business end but it, it brings people in and, and you grab a bunch of them and you know remember way back when in, in march of 2020 when you could play live so right right yeah i want to expand on the business sense because you know a story like mine someone who likes prog music shows up hasn't heard of you and goes wow they're playing a song i know i really like them that's not an uncommon story it's a compliment that someone locally loves you but obviously reaching an audience outside of your friends and neighbors is a hard thing to do um to my understanding you've got fans all across the world really i'm curious where do people listen to or watch your music and how did you get in touch with people outside of rochester in the first place do you have a step-by-step method was it by luck by chance any any stories or tips or anything in that realm was not by luck yeah. <laughs> that's like holy shit yeah. you got a couple again, hours again, yeah. here we're gonna we're about to get deep now yeah. um there's no time limit so it's up to you <laughs> as to how deep you want to go yeah so and, I'll, and again I'll, I'll condense this but um the music business is just that Right. So you artists are engineered backwards because they create art and they think just because you created art, you put it out there, people should just come. And that's 1000 percent not how it works. You have to think of it as like in the 50s, like a door to door salesman. 
and you're knocking on the door and say, Hey, I'm an, I'm in a band and, and, uh, and, and here, I want to give you some music and, and I hope you like it. And if you do, let me know. Like that's essentially from a, from a hundred thousand foot view what's going on. What we've been able to do. And, and it's, it's again, I've, We've invested a lot of money in learning this and a lot of money in failing at this um, before we're starting to get it right. So, you know, that's the other part. You, you cannot be afraid to fail, number one, but you can't be afraid to just just piss away a bunch of money um, in figuring out the process because it's there's not a silver bullet. There's that the, I mean, for for every for every like viral post, there's like seven billion posts that no one ever sees or cares about that's that's just the reality that's the world you're living in now so um again long story short so um what happened was is i i learned i developed a skill set to learn how to market music online as if we were an e-commerce business so music is just it's irrelevant it's just the product it could have been Gatorade bottles. It could have been cozies. It could be T-shirts. It could be, you know, LCD monitors. It doesn't matter. What I learned were the principles of how to get in front of an audience, build an audience, and develop relationships with an audience online without playing live. You couldn't. Um, I, yeah. I just want to. Th- I want to throw in there if the content sucks if the product sucks it doesn't matter how good the marketing is you need to have a good content and good music so i want to hammer in that and, and keep on with your story yeah yeah a thousand percent right so if you're if you're a, a you know a, a garage musician and you put in maybe one hour every other week for your life on guitar and you write a song um that's not good enough Sorry, that, that that literally is is one in in a trillion, literally. Um, so your yeah your your product has to be good. And what's really great about what we're doing is is we ask we ask the audiences what they think, right? So like you throw your song out to a dream theater fan. The, I do. I've got emails in my inbox, like long ones, saying what they think about stuff. I've got. Um, just long conversations on Facebook with guys and and all over the world about, you know, well, I loved it, but your singer really didn't fit, but she's got a great voice, but your guitar sucks, but your bass player is awesome. Your drummer is the best, but you know, you look like a troll. Like, I mean, or like, Oh my God, I'll buy everything you guys ever make. And Oh my God, if you ever show up on my feet again, I'll kill you. Like every, (laughs) (laughs) I like the last one. Yeah, I mean, so you have you right, so you, and then they're there. Um, so you have to take it all and and kind of digest it, and and don't look at it as failing. Look at it as opportunities to learn, um, to figure out your next turn. And and what's been really cool is you know, so the the clock on the wall video, uh, we've really dialed in, and it's being put in front of the correct audiences. Um, and these audiences are commenting, which lets us comment back and develop um, relationships with these people, again, all over the world. And, you know, and, and a lot of them have said, hey, man, I, I love it. I love it enough to buy it. Some people, you know, I had to give a coupon code to. Some people are like, hey, man, keep it coming. I'm, I'm interested. And they're like business prospects. There's nothing, you know, it, again, once the music passed the litmus test, um, 
then it's then it's fair game. It's 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 a different game than than the you know. I mean, we're still a local band, right? We probably can't put fifty people in a room because we play prod rock, prod metal. Rochester was never my concern. You know, playing playing the Lilac Fest was never my concern. It was growing. You know, if I can get the way I looked at it, to be honest with you, if I could get twenty thousand people, that's it. Now think about it in terms of a record deal. You get 20,000 20, plays on a record deal, they'll drop you in two seconds. You don't even move the needle. But mm. if I get 20,000 people to spend 100 bucks a year with our band, that's a career. Think about it. Yeah. It's a career for four people. Right. Big time. Like way more money than you can make, than we made, than I made in the corporate world. Way more. You know, so that's. That's how I think about it. And, and once you reduce it to that, you mentioned the word tribe earlier. That's a big marketing term. It's a Seth Godin thing. And people throw it around. I've built my tribe. And well, all that, all that means is you're willing to take a few minutes out of your day and go dive into these conversations. And, and the best is when people shit on it. And, and I remember one guy go, literally writes, Jesus Christ, the vocals were so loud, I could barely da 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 went on and on and on and on. And I went, fair enough. I've heard that before. Production's not perfect. We had a budget, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, we thank you for your comment because that's how we grow. And then they write back, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to say that. And da 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 And they end up buying an album. Yeah. You know, whether they feel bad or not, I don't care. <laughs> now they're in, they're, they feel like, we have a connection. Yeah, that's that's been the coolest thing for me is like seeing how how we build these relationships just by just by answering, just by answering you know responding to comments on Facebook and because I, I guess because we have a blue check mark check mark next to our name that it people sort of think that it's I I don't know it it it's sort of makes that connection a little more a little stronger yeah we learned that on the road like when we played with pat travers um and and for in the this one show in particular in, in kent which is near cleveland uh, we met a bunch of people who, who i which i still keep in touch with them uh, this woman deirdre this guy i think um, um this other dude named escape at any rate we met these people and the human connection is what hooks them in. Now they probably forgot every note we played at the show. I don't know. Maybe they remember. I have no idea, but it doesn't matter. It's the human connection we made when, when they were at the merch table buying a t-shirt or whatever to compel them enough to buy the EP at the time we stayed in touch and, and now they're like super fans and they tell all their friends about us. And, and, and you know what, for, for every, here's how it works, honestly, like for every dream theater or U2 or Coldplay or Brianna or mega band, there's hundreds of thousands of bands like us that just need enough. Like we don't need, you know, millions. We just need enough. Mm -hmm. as we're building little by little like literally been like one person at a time that's what we're doing yeah there, you guys said so many incredible things like i i could talk about a trillion of them but you know 
first off, not everyone's going to love you is exactly what you're saying. And there's kind of a beauty in that. People are talking crap like they're going to murder you if, if they see you again. That person's not supporting your band. They're not buying your album. They might not like your music. Who cares? You know, it, it doesn't really matter. You got to find the people that like you one one person at a time. And one thing I love about you talking about marketing your business and going out there and trying hard to basically put it in the forefront is I'll say personally, I hate talking about myself, talking about my business. I've gotten better at it, but like most people, it's kind of awkward promoting yourself. I have a podcast, right? This podcast promotes other people, which is so easy for me because I love to be an advocate. I love to be a cheerleader. I love to promote, but promoting yourself is tougher, right? But I almost feel like you have an ethical duty. You have a good product. You have something quality to offer, you have something good that'll make people happier, enjoy their day. If you sell a product that's going to help them avoid COVID, be healthier, anything, it's almost like an ethical duty to find a way to promote it well and properly. So hats off for actually going out and, and trying that and doing it. I'm curious, um, where are people listening to your music? Do you have data on it? Do you have feedback? What countries do people know you? What states? I'm just curious, you know, where you've reached out to, um, if it was intentional again, or if, you know, just randomly someone in Germany hit you up. I mean, how did all, any of that work? Yeah, so before I get to that, your, yeah. your other point, um, don't feel an ethical duty to talk about yourself. Just do it because you're trying to start a business. Sure. Right? So there, there's nothing. The, the problem with artists is they're afraid to say, hey, man, I need your support. Um, if you want to give me money, awesome. Right. If you don't, that's okay too. But just so you know, all this free stuff I'm doing costs money. Sure. So if you like it, it would be really awesome if you hit me at Stava Music slash PayPal.me or whatever it is. And, and, it, and that's okay. And that's what most, that's why most musicians are broke, to be honest with you. Because there's 11 year olds that can shred faster than I can. Um, the difference is, is I'll ask someone for 15 bucks to buy a CD and the other guy won't. You know, so, okay. So um, I'm about to YouTube 11 year old shredding after this, just uh, for the fun no, of it. So don't do it. It's, don't you do it. Get him hip to the guy. The guy <laughs> he just fakes it. <laughs> that gets the best. Anyway, um, to your other question. Yeah. So the great thing. So I we used our audience is primarily on Facebook. Um, Instagram, we don't do nearly as well just because it's, it's a different demographic. Now, that may change as as we focus more on it, but our focus primarily right now is on Facebook just because of the power of um, the retargeting that you can do. Mm. So what you do initially is you, you, you create a piece of content and you spray it all over the world and, and not like Bangladesh and in like China or whatever, like, you know, Hungary and and Germany and France and Italy and the U.S. and Canada and Australia. Uh, and what you find is you find where people watch it because what the algorithm does on Facebook is it's unbelievable at um, finding 
similarities in profiles. So let's say somebody clicks on our video, watches it. Let's say it's a seven minute video and they watch five minutes of it. The algorithm's going to find a whole shitload of people just like them in the country mm. you told it to. And that's the beauty of it. And what's great is it puts all those people in a bucket. And so now I'm, I'm currently making just a, just a little lyric video. I do it as I put my, my younger son to bed and I'm making this little video and I'm going to push that out to all the people who watched half of the video that's coming out now. So like, uh, I can't remember if this was pre-show or now, but we, I talked about, you know, dating these people, right? The first date, hello, how you doing? My name, my name's Stavo is this initial video. And then I get a bunch of people to watch a certain amount of it, puts them in this bucket. Then I, then I throw out this other video and I say, look, we're, we're Stavo. We met before you watched this video. Why don't you check this one out? And they go, okay. And if they check that one out, they go in this other bucket and you say, listen, man, we have an album and it's, it's 15 bucks and here's a coupon code and blah, 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 blah. blah. And, and it's, it's just business. It's just literally then it's talking to people and creating a relationship with them enough to where you're comfortable to asking them for money. That that's literally it in a nutshell, man. That's what we're doing. Yeah. And, and they love the music and they're happy to support you because you gave them value first. I, I do believe, you know, Dan and Sam, it's all about giving value and you're putting this music out for free. I'm assuming I can stream it on Spotify right now. Right. Yeah. So, so I don't have to give you a penny. You're not going to make much money on my Spotify stream. So uh, we, I talked about ethical duty just in, as a term to, to promote your music. I think there's a duty that if you're listening to a band and supporting them, whether it's small scale with a like, a share, marking them as C first, commenting on their content, DMing people, that's the beginning. But Buying music is the most valuable thing you can do for a musician, going to their live shows, bringing a friend. You know, my girlfriend does it all the time. She goes to a live show. She brings someone and buys their ticket. They're like, we're not even going to discuss this. You're coming kind of thing. Yeah, let, let's, let's, re, let's reverse engineer that. So yes, sir. 10 bucks to get in. Right. Friend paid 10 bucks and then they bought a shirt or a CD. So now they're 30 bucks invested in this band. Right. With just your girlfriend saying, hey, I'm going to go check out this show. Cool. Right. And and that's that's the it. Right. And I'll give you another example. So this this happened today. So this this guy and I don't know where he's from, somewhere in the Midwest, commented on the current clock on the wall video. And he wrote something to the effect of, oh, my God, this is so dream theater likes It's awesome. And then he mentioned me by name. He said, Dan is using a JPEBM, mentioned my guitar, and then he mentioned my amp rig, using a Mesa boogie. This yeah. guy clearly not only took the, his time out of his day, he's got a million things going on, took seven minutes out of his day to watch our video, took the time to go over to our website to, to learn my name and to see our bio, and then, and then he learned what kind of guitar and what kind of rig that I use. So what I'm going to do tomorrow, I was going to do it tonight, um, but this came up and the kids came up, but I'm going to show him, I'm going to take him a video. I'm going to say, Greg, here's my rig. And I'm going to give him a little video tour. And then I'm going to show him here's, and I've, I've got three of those guitars that he, that he liked. 
And I'm going to say, here's my, here's the JP70, here's the EBMM JP7XI with the P's and all this other shit. And then here's the six string and it's killer. And maybe I'll play something and I'm going to send that to them. And, and that's the kind of stuff that um, creates that connection. Now, this guy who called me by at first, I don't know this guy. I don't I forgot where he lived, but now we're buddies. Now he can, he can tell, he can go to his buddies and he can say, hey man, this guy Dan from Stavo, like we're cool. We're tight. He sent me this video. Check this video out. He's going to show his buddies. It's a grown ass man. This is not like a kid, you know, and, and that's, that's the sauce, right? That's what everyone's looking for. And I took me a long time to figure that out. It wasn't because Sam can play, you know, 64 second notes with his four fingers and that, because a million people can do that. Right. It was all about having music good enough to pass a litmus test that then we could put out there to create relationships around that music where they felt connected to us. And I, I, I'm not sure exactly where this guy found our music, but talking about what, what Ben said about just, Facebook, just, yeah. yeah, but just like a like, a comment, like you don't know exactly where that, where he, he found us. It could have been, you know, a like from one of his friends, you could share a comment from one of his friends, but I, I believe that that sort of, that just a like, a comment is like a drop in the pond. And the ripples spread out, and you don't know. Point, you don't right. know like who's that, who that's going to reach. But good chances it's going to reach somebody. So you just have to put it out there, yeah, and, not, and not be afraid of. Yeah, mo most sorry, not be careful, yeah, mo Most artists think you need a million fans, and I'm telling you, I mean, if you've got fifty thousand to spend fifty bucks a year, that's that's an album and a T-shirt. That's it. When one album and one T-shirt, fifty thousand people bought that every single year. That's a ton of money. When you're not paying a label and you're not paying tractor trailers, you know, like it, you have to scale it. You have to scale your business. It's simple, you know. I love it. I love it. Pure gold, guys. You know, as we all know, proof is in the pudding. I say we listen to a track from the album we've talked so much about here. Um, Indigo Child, does that sound like a good call? Yeah, Go brother. Yeah. Do you want to do a short presentation? You know, anything about Indigo Child we should know? Um, we gave him for like three hours to learn it. Yeah, this was, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is one of the ones they threw it through at me at the last second. And oh, this one's on the album. And okay, yeah. um, we listened to it a couple times. It's funny, I have some old, um, uh, boards over here of what that song used to be called i can't remember. short computer issue part two part two short computer issue oh no did it happen again you're a rush fan yeah. the permanent waves had spirit of radio and free will which were proggy but also you could you heard them all just cut out again so this is just me editing over the silence i should probably ask a trivia question or something the past the time I'm just kidding. Zoom issues as usual, right? Wait a <sighs> Yes. Yes, I'm back. Oh, thank God. Oh, no, it's us. That's our internet connection. Your internet connection is unstable. Maybe he's just playing the tune. I'm going to pray to God he's playing the tune. Cool. I, I haven't played it yet. It Does it say your connection's unstable? Oh, okay. There you go. Did it tell you connection uh, was unstable? Uh, we're good now, buddy. Dude, it's funny. I, I thought... We are crashing here. I promise this doesn't happen often. 
and I'm very embarrassed, but I said this before, if you're listening, if you're bearing with us, we love you even more. You guys are the most supportive. And listen, so it's Wednesday night right now. Podcast audio will come out on Monday with the full quality tracks, the intro, the outro. So if anybody dropped off, you can still share that. You can share this at any time, share it right now. And on Monday, you'll get the full quality audio where we'll edit out the issue. So I promise it will sound 10 times as good as you see it today. But listen, anybody who's here, you're part of the live viewing audience. Imagine you're backstage. You get to see it happen live in real time. We appreciate you. And I was able to say all that without crashing. So I think we should be good to go. Um, Let's play Indigo Child.
Awesome, guys. Thanks, man. That that was a catchy one. That was on the the poppier end. I could see myself humming that at night. Yeah, that's the idea of that like spirit or radio free will kind of kind of vibe going on. Barstool warrior yeah. kind of thing, you know. So, thanks, man. I love it. If if you know someone were to go check out the album, what should they expect? Is there a little bit of everything on there in terms of uh, the kind of songs and the kind of writing? I know you've got a nine minute track, and then you've got shorter tracks like that that you could hear on the radio. Take this one. Yeah, I I feel like um, that one Indigo Child is probably the most radio friendly, just with the structure of it. But I. But the way that I describe it is it's a mix of Rush and Dream Theater and Iron Maiden for, for some of the, uh, even like heart is something catchy, mm. like happy, yeah. you know, like, very feel good. I definitely could see, you know, hard Stevie Nicks kind of thing going on. Yeah. Fleetwood Mac with that heavy prog kind of infusion with it. I'm curious in terms of, you know, you've mentioned a lot of influences, Dream Theater, Liquid Tension, Rush, all across the board. But to get a little nerdy with you guys and and maybe just kind of put our thinking caps on, if you could take, you know, one to three to five is a definite max, but one to three to five musicians – um, and you got to consider the things you're already good at or things you want to get better at, because if you could take three to five or one to three to five musicians and infuse their skill set into your skills. So it could be, I'm already real good at this, but I want to get better at it. Or it could be like, I've got a weak point here and I know that this musician would fill that void. Does any musicians or influences come to mind of people you really love and respect that if you could overnight have, you know, three wishes that you could have skills of three musicians, who would you, you know, who would you choose to help you out long-term with your music? Just like, just local guys. Or yeah. Are we going local or like anyone? We can do both if you want. I, you know, let's shout out local if someone comes to mind. But it's your decision, man. Pick a local guy or two, a guy or gal, and then pick some people that live or dead that you love. Yeah, locally, the the first that pops to mind right away of, in terms of bass players are Sean Conlon of um, he's a local Silver O guy, but incredibly funky and incredible knowledge of theory and and a really really nice guy and don torpy who plays um plays the junkyard field trip and cool. don's awesome yeah and don don's got a great laid back feel yeah and great great yeah so those, those are two local guys uh in terms of i mean i'd always love to be able to play to have john young's uh, of dream theaters i'd love to have his technique and just his, his right hand is is mesmerizing to watch just looks like a horse just <laughs> and uh i like ninja. the analogy and like a kung fu ninja horse. sure a kung fu yeah um and uh i guess one a little bit left field i'm really digging out right now is pino paladino who has done work with john mayer Done work with D'Angelo, Erica Badu. Those guys are so good. 
yeah, just just incredible R&B soul and just so smooth. So, but those, those are the guys that I'd love to sort of infuse my playing with. So, yeah, for for me, the local guys are super easy. So I want. I want Kira Najowski's yep. chops. Yep. <laughs> and I want I want Gladstone's guitar face. Yeah. I. I <laughs> uh, you, you and I to, hope they're listening. You had to do Gladstone like that, huh? Because <laughs> his guitar, Mike's guitar face is fun, and he's a great player, great player. Um, but yeah, he he looks like he could be playing anything. He could be playing "Mary Had a Little Lamb," and he looks like. He's having the greatest time of all time, of any time. <laughs> that, like, so yeah, so Gladstone and Kire for sure. And then nationally, um, obviously I'm a, I'm a massive, 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 massive Petrucci fan. I own a bunch of his guitars and, and um, a lot of his licks. I, I, it's what I practice to do a metronome still to this day, two hours a day, like clockwork. Um, I also, I take, Private lessons from uh, Bumblefoot, Ron Thal. Uh, wow. With Bumble, yeah, he's a, he is yeah. a sweet, uh, and, and he's a great human being. But honestly, I, if you're talking like from an in, like technique wise, he's there with Petrucci, but I think from an innovative standpoint, I think he's more innovative. Like he's more fun. He showed me this chicken picking. Um, like Steve Morse used to do from uh, the Dixie Dregs, and he is—he's just on another planet. Like I'm pretty good, right? And then there's guys like Bumblefoot, and you get around them, and you're just like, "Holy shit, I'm really not that good." And I need to take the next six years of my life and just practice my instrument to even be close to that. Like that's how good those guys are. Um, so I would say, so I would say, Petrucci, Bumblefoot, and then we'll throw in. Um, just because of his right hand, uh, Steve Morse is, mm. is tremendous. I love it, guys. Great list. We should make a playlist just of those bands in Rockow. Oh, the Dixie Dregs are incredible. If you're not familiar with them, like go check them out because they're they they spawned a ton of these other groups, like like Bluegrass Prague. They're amazing. <laughs> they're amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, for sure. The Dixie. What is it again? Dixie Dregs, so D D I X I E, and then Dregs is D R E G S. They had this violin player, I don't know his name is, but holy crap! Like they would shred together, like right. and Steve Morse would be doing his thing, and like bluegrass, like like flying. Yeah, like that's blowing up. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Dude, Dixie Dregs, I'll check them out. Please, yeah, um, I, you will not be disappointed, dude. I promise. I'm going to hop around here, but this is a question I love to ask. And usually I ask it earlier on because um, nowadays you put out a great album. It's going to be your worst of the ones to come. You're excited for the future. Um, it took a while to get here ultimately to get your music out, to get people listen to it all across the nation and outside of the country. Obviously that didn't happen overnight. And I'm wondering, cause I, I'm, I'm a huge why guy. I, I'm always curious about the why, whether it's um, philosophical, if it's intrinsic, there was just a moment in time. But my big question is why music? I mean, did you did you grow up wanting to be a musician? 
what got you into music? And I know Dan mentioned that he was in the corporate world. A lot of musicians, you know, it's not the highest paid industry in the world. So I always wonder, you know, what got you into music? What got you, you know, wanting and willing to dedicate so much time and personal finances to get your music out there? Do you have a big why? And if so, you know, just tell a story about it. Um, I don't really have a story, but I just mm. know that that life would be incredibly dull and boring without music. Just I, I get so much joy from from listening to it and and from playing it. And I think the the biggest thing of all is have is sharing that experience with with other musicians and and creating with them. And so that it's it's never really been like. I've never, I've never really felt like it's, it's not a viable career option. I know, I know I'm going to get there. I know that we're going to get there, mm. but it's, you know, the, the long and winding road is, is, you know, fun to travel. And that's not the saying, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of how it goes. It's yeah. not really, but way different. Yeah. <laughs> Having kids around is fun. Kids. Uh, it sounds like you just freaking love it, Sam, and, and that's important, you know? Yeah. It's, it, I have, there have been periods of my life where it's not always been where, – where playing music with other people has not always been just the most fun thing. It's been more of a job and because at, at points it was sort of a, a bigger part of my of, of my income, but – now it's it's much more creative and i'm choosing to do this with the right people and it's it's very right right now so it's i just want to stay here and, and keep working keep keep working with these guys so love it love it yeah, he's, he's a good player so you know i don't know if his Silvero band guys are ever getting together again but you should call him because he's nasty so I'll think um yeah uh, you know um Help my homies out. So, you you asked about your why, right? What's your purpose? Yeah. Basically, why do you get out of bed every day? Is is how I I frame it, and um, and and why music, right? Was that that was a question? Yeah, just why music? Is it a childhood memory? Is it something yeah. bigger than you? Is it just for fun? The thing that I love about music is I can I can cry sometimes, I can smile, but I'm never bored. Something I love. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, you get into music because you love the creative aspect of it, right? And I remember being seven, eight years old and listening to Under Blood Red Sky by U2 on cassette tape and pretending I was Bono, you know, at Red Rocks and all that stuff. And, you know, as you get older, your why changes. But to, to answer your question now, I, I think the, the, the reason we get up every day and, and do what we do, um, intrinsically is because it's, it's a couple of reasons. Number one, number one, uh, obviously you want to share your gift with the world. Right. And what I think I needed to know for me personally was, is my gift any good or not? That's what I wanted to know. Number one, am I legit or not? Do I suck? Or am I like a, am I a basement, like, like rock star? Like I just, I just wanted to know if I could do this for real or not. 
And that was number one. And, and that was interesting to go on that journey and to find out. Um, number two, I wanted to prove, I still do, I want to prove to people that as long as your music is honest and is like good enough, anyone can do this. You know, you get in your own way, right? The loser mentality is what keeps 99% of musicians from making any real money because they just go, well, I'm great. So they should come or, um, you know, I'm just a broke musician, or they think of a reason not to practice that day or not to put something out, or it's, it's, it's fear-driven, it's scarcity-driven, and that's nonsense. So we're going to come along, and we're going to come out of nowhere. And I don't know um, Legrette and, and the dude who books the Lilac Festival and all these guys and all these big people in Rochester. I don't care. And we're going to go right past them, and we're going to have fans all over the world and and that's going to be that and if we fail so be it we're not afraid but i will tell you um the litmus test so far is that there are a a sect of people that really really like this stuff and if they really really like it now i think they're really 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 gonna like it when it gets even better and then even better and then even better and then when they feel that they know us and then we go play their town and then we can meet them. And, and it's just, it, so that, that's, that's the why, I guess. I mean, it's a, sorry, it's a super long-winded answer, but like, you, I don't do it for me or for him. I do it for them. For that guy, Greg, who wants, who wants to mention my name and wants to see my rig and all this other stuff. Like, and the kid in Chicago that like, touched my guitar and like freaked out the one the one night like couldn't go out of his mind you know so that that's why we do it we do it for them we don't do it for us we do it for them i love that i love that i want to listen to another song from the new album you know we'll close out soon but the music man it's great i've got never go back right yeah no never go back cued here do you want to Hopefully we don't freeze up again while you introduce it. Do you want to introduce Never Go Back for us today? Yeah, Never Go Back was uh, a song, uh, the, the, the opening riff I'd written maybe two years ago. And someone in the band at the time who's not in the band anymore hated it. And I was like, damn. So I, I tucked it away and then I brought it back out. And then, and then the, the instrumental section, it's, it's in seven. Right. So it's it, it, it. So that's why it's cool for for prog nerds like like us. <laughs> um, but the instrumental section reminds me of like old Genesis. Yeah. And if you're an old Genesis fan, that Tony Banks, like you're just like, oh, it's so nostalgic and stuff. And it makes me think of my older brother. But this this particular stuff. So this is a concept album. The whole thing is one story. Like the whole album is is one. It's one girl's journey from A to B. And and this is the point of the this is this is right towards the end where, you know, she makes a decision. She's not going to go go back to where she came from. So, so from a lyric perspective, it, it's very like, um, it's very like, rah, like, yeah, I'm going to kick some ass and take some names because I've been down and I got up. It, it's like a Rocky story, but progressive rock. Does I love it. Yeah, we'll hear it. And um, let's, let's put it on. Never Go Back by Stavo. Let's go. 
listening to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Head over to Facebook, like Rochester Groovecast, and mark our page as C First to keep in touch with everything new. Now, back to the show. That's what's up. <laughs> That's awesome. I heard the Genesis, too. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, that uh, Tony Banks keyboard line. Da, 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 da. Yeah, so it makes me think of. It's fun. It's fun. I don't think we even properly introduced the album. This just came out, right? It's brand new. Yeah, actually, the, the physical the physical copies show up. In about, and it really, it should be a couple days, and then we'll get those out. Um, but it's called Void of Polarity. And, uh, you know, I, I wrote most of the music were, were songs that I had written uh, within the last, like, year and a half, two years. But, you know, and the, and the guys put their stamp on it for sure. I didn't write their part, so they, they definitely contributed. But I have to say, Sharon wrote the entire story from start to finish like there were lyrics to some of these tunes on the demos and she's like yeah no i got this and and she wrote a story about a a a character who's a female named indigo um who goes from you know young bright-eyed bushy-tailed goes to the big city gets her corporate job gets the shit beat out of her and then has this like basically this spiritual awakening um there's other things that happen along the way too but has a spiritual awakening, like maybe I was put here to do something else and then, you know, never go back comes, which is like, I, I, I get it now. I'm not going back to who I was. And then, you know, the finale is, is, uh, is its own thing. It's like kind of lead into, like, we'll probably write a void of polarity too at some point for sure. Um, but it was just cool, man. Like everyone I talked to, that I tell them, you know, how, you know, what kind of music do you do? Well, I, we're, we're progressive rock, progressive metal, released a concept album. They're like, dude, I wish I would do that. That's so cool. And, and I don't say anything, but it's like, why don't you, bro? Like, why are you still playing Stevie Wonder? Like, hmm. write what you love to write. And that's what's so satisfying about this album. Whether you love it or hate it, uh, honestly, like, it, it is what it is. Your opinion's going to be your opinion. But, like, we wrote what we want to write and people enough people some people don't but enough, people enough, like it. enough enough people do and i can tell you man fine. that that's the drug that's the high and we're just gonna you know we're learning we're navigating who our fan is and we're just gonna keep hammering them until like into submission until they're just like i'll buy it i'll buy it i'll buy it but I mean that—that's it, it's the business end, and and we're starting to figure it out. Which and that, honestly, to me, is the most exciting part about it. Even even more than the music, because there's more music coming. Like I've been listening to Arch Echo and Pliny, um, and and the, and we're gonna. I, the plans are now 2021 just to record like a four song EP real quick, just to get something out before things open up while we still have attention on people's mm. phones and stuff, cool. right? Um, so just do another EP real quick, get another product out there so we can just go on the road and just, just melt faces. That's, that's the goal, you know? I love to hear it. Uh, I'm going off memory here. So void of polarity. I remember on your main photo, I saw it on Facebook. 
there were Roman numerals and I'm not great at reading Roman numerals and I can't recall exactly what was there, but are those Roman numerals part of the album and what do they mean? Yeah, I wish I wish Sharon was here to, to explain this, but it, it's they're Roman numerals for 11. Okay. So it's XI colon XI, like like the time 1111. And what that is in, in the in the community Oh Jesus! How do where do I go here, yeah, Sammy? I, um, I, I honestly can't. In in the, in the community, there's a lot of like subtle meanings to this, right? There's a whole subculture to this awakening. It's an awakening code, essentially. If you Google eleven eleven, like the time, like on a digital clock, it'll it'll probably come up like awakening code, and 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 it'll unearth this whole rabbit hole of of other stuff, but. Basically, it's it's the spirit awakening to its true purpose. I think is the and she'll kill me if I got it wrong, but um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's that that's essentially the the meaning of like you talked about the why earlier. That's it's mm. kind of like the the human being of this earth awakening to its true purpose. Whether you're from this earth or you're not, or there's all these dimensions involved. It's crazy. Like if you go to Part of our website is welcome to 5d which is the fifth dimension which is yeah. the stuff people are into that like it's just like there's like little little clues like like throwing darts around you got to kind of find the clues and piece them together and um but the the, the base of the story 11 11 means like I'm, I'm awake to what's going on um uh on earth like my purpose awake to my purpose i yeah. guess is the easiest way to put it I love it. And you guys are starting to sound kind of like a nerdy progressive rock band here. <laughs> starting? <laughs> Shocking. You know, it's, 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 uh, six people that are on this must be just like thrilled right now. <laughs> hey, listen, I don't know if there's three, five, six, six hundred watching live. 20 billion listen to this in the audio version, which drops Monday. So if you are listening live, Make sure you share this. Make sure you share the audio on Monday. And let's get to the two, three hundred people that haven't heard the show yet or maybe haven't heard of Stavo yet. Um, I like that you guys have, you know, a concept album with the running story and a bigger picture beyond just a silly song versus a silly song, next song, next song, party track, love track, party track. Um, I'm wondering, cause you know, a lot of people with a concept album, I'll tell you personally. So first off, um, the vocals, there's good. Um, what's the word for it? She enunciates well, I know what she's saying, but yeah. a lot of times in music, I have trouble following the vocals and the lyrics at the same time. I like to be able to read the lyrics and I'm wondering, are you releasing the lyrics along with the music? So if I want to learn, ultimately the story behind it can i read the lyrics too if not you should you you, you can you there's a there's a void of polarity link on our website um that you can go to it's right next to the home link so it's at the top and home and then there's void of polarity and then there's a lyrics button and you can all the lyrics are laid out there um and it's always changing i, I may like we were thinking about making a booklet to make with the physical cd and um, so we're always toying with ideas, but yeah, the, the, the answer is yes. Yeah, you can find, and pretty easily you can find them for sure. 
Cool. Yeah. I'm just nerding out on my end because when I know there's a concept, I won't get it unless sometimes I read the lyrics almost as if it's a storybook and then it all comes to comes to light crystal clear easier. Well, as, as we release the, the tracks on video, like on Facebook, they're in parts. So like Clock on the Wall was the first one released, but it's part five. And we didn't say anything else about it. So people look at it and they go, part five. Where's part one through four? Yeah, so like you're a Rush fan and you used to listen to Hemispheres back in the day. You're like, oh, man, I'm a hip to this. All right, there's, there's other things going on here. So if, if Koye is the next one, really, that's part nine. Like, okay, all right. Or part seven, rather. So like, oh, sweet. All right, let's, let's piece this together. And it just, it, it's, we're understanding our audience. And, and that's the most important important thing from a business aspect is to know who your customer is um and and when you understand your customer you can ask them their feedback and they'll tell you what to do next and that's really the secret sauce and what's been so fun about recording an album unlike anything else out there uh everyone you know everyone a million people have an album but like we're probably the only band in rochester with a concept album and so you throw that out to the world and they'll tell you and ask them what you think about it. And a lot of people on the planet will tell you what they think. And that's how you make your next move. Just, it's just fun. I love the game. I yeah. love the game. You know, it's, this is one of the most cliche terms ever, but F the haters. Realistically, the haters, they don't matter a ton. There's always going to be naysayers. And if you're listening to the people that enjoy your stuff, and give you positive feedback, even if it it might not even be what you want to hear, but as long as it's positive in the direction of helping the band grow, yeah, you got to listen to your audience for sure. I'm I'm happy that you guys um, mentioned that and that it's important to you. There, there's one last question I want to ask, and it's a thought experiment. There's no right or wrong answers. I'm actually asking every individual guest for the next six months to a year now. Um, because 2020, very rough year. We all know that. 2021, interesting start, very odd day today. Ah. If people know, you know, politics right now are insane. But I don't think that we need to be remembered for a virus or people that, you know, shit talk each other on the internet. I think we can be remembered for a lot of better things. And that's why, you know, I haven't actually started the real thing, but I want to. I want to put together a time capsule. I want to create a time capsule that's birthed in Rochester, upstate New York area. And it's going to represent this era and obviously be positive and, you know, represent the era in an amazing light. And this time capsule is not going to be open for 500, 1,000 2000 years and assuming that everything's still a hundred percent intact and the only thing you really can't do is put a concept in it i mean you could write a concept down on a piece of paper but it has to be something physical physically tangible i'm wondering if you could choose you know one to three items to personally contribute to this time capsule what would you put on it, put in it for people to discover a thousand years from now? And, you know, why would you choose what you choose? I think an iPhone is number one. Okay. <laughs> you put an iPhone in there. 
because everybody's yeah, on them. And it, it all, it just like I, an iPhone has just sort of really changed. I, iPhone, iPods, like that really changed how we consume music. And I probably a, definitely an important like break point in, in how we consume music. So yeah, I'd, I'd go along with that. I like the iPhone. I like the iPhone. Like, gear up. Yeah, I was. Like, yeah, I was, I was. I was. I, I was. That was. That was stalling for time, sir. <laughs> well, let me tell you what's funny about the iPhone is we're talking a thousand years from now, right? Hopefully, I think there's a probability that we get dumber over time, but that's a different conversation. What's happening it, now, Ben? <laughs> the smart people. And when I say smart, I'm talking 0.001%. The smart people are smarter than ever. Is the general population smart? That's a whole nother podcast. But a thousand years from now, the iPhone is going to be like crap technology probably. That's what I mean. That's like like putting a a stone tablet in (laughs) in a time capsule and we're opening it today. And we go, holy shit! We used to write on these things with with other stones, yeah, with other stones. and just carve it out. Like it wasn't taking like days to write. Like, hi, would you like to? Would you like to shag? Like, like it must have taken forever. <laughs> you know. So I, I think an iPhone because it represents everything that this that this um, the, you know this segment in time is all about is technology. Right, the, the technocrats are trying to take over. There's massive censorship, whether whatever side you're on or not. You can say X or you can't say X, and what I think the iPhone represents all of that. Um, I'm a big believer in um, don't worry one half a second about things you can't control. Yeah. So whatever that thing is, um, along with the iPhone, I think that's what I would put in there. I, I don't know what that tangible thing is but whatever you can't control i don't spend a half a second even thinking about anymore like so that stuff that happened today i could care less to be totally honest with you i worry about things i can control like how good how fast i can play a liquid tension experiment line or you know how many how many people i can get back to that commented on my video today and etc etc so whatever that thing is that's going in there too yeah, control what you can and double down on that stuff. Ooh, if it's out of your control, again, F it, right? Is that enough time? So now you're up. Yeah. Um, I, I'm thinking thinking along, I would guess, like, an actual uh, – okay. I would probably say, like, a little pol- Polaroid camera. Just that's – like, that's sort of – that's how we, you know, captured memories. And yeah, like in 1987. <laughs> but like that was that was such a where you could that's true. That's true. That's your thousand years from now. Right. Thousand, 87 to 2020 is nothing. Yeah. Right. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Can't, nowadays, I'm pretty sure, um, you know, my girlfriend's daughter was just doing it on Christmas. You can take your iPhone and print photos from your iPhone onto your Polaroid camera. I think my daughter does that. 
she got a little instant camera. My 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 her her grandpa got her. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe you you guys could take some selfies, have a bunch of photos in the phone itself, and then leave some real picture. Right, an like, actual yeah, like, printed picture. They'd be like, "What the hell is this?" Right. <laughs> This isn't on like a, a moving screen or like right. a hologram. This People is a, used to like put these in binders. <laughs> yeah, like the, the touch it, they'll feel it. Like, right. what, is, what is this? Yeah, right. It's cool. Why is this greasy? I'm in. Oh, I could do this all day. This is fun. <laughs> Sorry. I, I love it. Well, well, shoot, guys, I appreciate you, you know, being on today. It's been a ton of fun. Um, a lot of people already know you. They're already supporting you. They're going to share this. They're going to tell people about it um, and continue to support you. A lot of people might have just heard about you for the first time. They're the ones that, without a doubt, we want to make sure they can find you properly. So website, Facebook, Instagram, email. What's the best way to to get in touch today and you know start a good relationship with your music? Um. You know the the to our website. I would direct everybody there, um, but that is Stavo Music Stavo Music dot com, spelled just like that. Oh, okay, S T A V O. If you're listening yeah, to the audio, guys. Anywhere else, just if you're on Facebook or Instagram or wherever you are, um, and and we're only on a few platforms that we're good at. Like I'm not doing TikTok yet. It's my, my daughter's on TikTok. We're not built for TikTok. Yeah, I don't think. Just, She's not a prog metal head. Um, but if you just literally put in Stavo on any social media site that's relevant to what we do, it will come right up. So that, that's how unique the name is. So that's it, the website. Facebook is Stavo the Band. Um, but yeah, just go to the website, check us out, take a listen, let us know. You love us or hate us. It's all good either way. Good stuff. Hey, thanks again, you know, Dan and Sam. It's been fun. I want to dive deeper, but for sake of time, let's say goodbye to the guys at home. And uh, I appreciate you chatting with me today. Yeah, back at you, brother. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. The last word goes back over to Stavo. We've got a big heavy hitter track to close out the show. Here is Ancient Eyes by Stavo. Again, thank you. We'll talk to you guys all soon. I love you. Here is Ancient Eyes by Stavo.
Thanks for listening to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. Share this with a friend and tell them exactly why they should listen. And don't forget to keep it groovy, baby.